Hey, Monsters vs. Men listeners. Before we get started, I have two quick announcements for you. First and foremost, you may remember David Marshall from our Space Godzilla episode a few episodes ago. Right now, our thoughts, prayers, and best wishes are extending to him and his family, whose newborn baby daughter, Harlow, has been fighting for her life in the NICU. But beyond our thoughts, we're also asking for you to take a look at their story and consider donating to their GoFundMe page. We know we're in a crazy time right now, but any small amount will be greatly appreciated by David, his family, and us as well. If you're interested, I created a bit.ly for it. Uh, It is bit.ly slash roar for Harlow. That's bit.ly forward slash roar for H-A-R-L-O-W. Second, MVM is excited to join the Kaiju Quarantine happening this upcoming weekend, April 4th and 5th. Four monster movies per day with seven different Kaiju podcasts is going to be a lot of fun. We're providing commentary for Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. You know we love some M11 at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 Central on Sunday, April 5th. But there are so many awesome films to choose from. That's all happening on Discord. And you can find more information about the schedule and how it works over on our Twitter page. But if you're like me and you're asking yourself, what's a Discord? No worries. It's really just a super simple and essentially a glorified chat room that lets us show movies and provide commentary. So if you want to join us, you can join the Discord server. Simply go to bit.ly forward slash Kaiju Quarantine. That's bit.ly slash Kaiju Quarantine. Thanks. A force of nature versus a force of human ingenuity. It's not a versus. It's not a non-sequel number two. It's Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. I'm so glad I don't read these, Eric. (laughs) I didn't know about the... It's not a non-sequel number two. Oh, it's just, just to be clear, this is Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, they should have just stuck with Godzilla versus fucking Godzilla three and just thrown. They really should have. Life. They really should have. But anyway, welcome back to Monsters vs. Men podcast. We're still trying our best to stay alive, Alex. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for joining me, uh, coronavirus, Eric. <laughs> yeah, well, this truly is, Alex. I think the bargain basement. Of monster broadcast, I love that phrase. <laughs> so I'm sticking with it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I think I think before we start, I think just for um, history's sake, right? I think it's I think it's important to acknowledge, like this is we're recording this on Wednesday, March 18th, 2020, day six of what exactly, Alex? I mean, day day five, day six, day somewhere in there. All the days blend together now. All the days are blending together now because we're in the middle of coronavirus pandemic that is kind of shaping and and changing everyone's lives. As we speak, I just think it would be a little bit, um, you know, insincere of us to not mention that. But this is an entertainment podcast. We're not, I don't want to dwell on that. Um, I I just want to say, you know, like this is, it's a, it's a crazy time, but I'm I'm thankful that we ha- we have Godzilla, we have the Godzilla community, 
online, seriously, to kind of distract us and to help us through this time where we're all seriously isolated, literally, and we need yeah. each other to connect um, in these new ways. So I'm glad we've done this podcast because honestly, this is a good way for us to stay connected. Um, we lived in separate towns anyway, but right. um, I, you know, it's a good thing that we we have this weekly connection that we get to kind of talk to each other each week yeah yeah it's definitely good especially since like nobody's seeing each other anybody except for me i'm still going into work and working like my longest days ever and i'm, just, I'm exhausted <laughs> actually i just had the flu i know man I know. meanwhile uh, here i am i i am being stay-at-home dad for the first time uh, yesterday yesterday eric took a nap that's all I have to say about it, and it upsets me greatly. Like this is—I've uh, never been jealous of Eric, and I'm like kind of mad about it, actually. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could tell. I could tell. It's all right though. It's—it's not—it's not as glorious as as it may seem, Alex. Yeah, it's okay. But. I'm not bitter. <laughs> well, with that said. Let's get into the business of a podcasting. Alex, do um, you want to start us off with our film introduction this week? Sure thing. After assisting on Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, Masaki Tezuka returns to the helm of Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. After the fantasy and mythical elements of the previous film, Tezuka leans heavily on the sci-fi elements of this one, while clearly paying homage to classic kaiju Ichiro Honda classics. Coming in at only 88 minutes, it's one of the shorter Godzilla films, moving at a quick pace to get to its titular climactic duel. But to start our discussion, let's stick with the first element, the science fiction elements. Did you enjoy the science fiction elements here? And in general, do you prefer the science fiction elements over fantasy elements of Godzilla or GMK? <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you didn't say that whole title again, Alex. <laughs> uh, well, so here's the thing that I think you know, some Godzilla fans miss. Godzilla is inherently fantasy. It's inherently mythical. Godzilla isn't this scientific creature in any way, shape, or form in reality, right? Um, and I loved how GMK leaned into that when we discussed it last week. But in general, I really enjoy science fiction, especially when it gets the blend right. Sci-fi, it can, it can lean heavily into the science aspect, and that's fine for some stories. But with Godzilla... I think it needs to lean more heavily on the fiction side because, as I was saying, Godzilla is inherently fantastical. Unfortunately, I think Godzilla against Mechagodzilla leans too heavily on the science side of science fiction. And I don't think it quite fits the tone of Godzilla films. It just doesn't quite sit well with me. Now, I'm showing my cards here a little bit. Um, there are several elements of this film that I will praise, as you'll see. But in short, I'm not as high on this one as I was last week, and I'm not as high on it as I know some f fans are. Um, do you feel the same, Alex? Uh, I mean, like while I don't necessarily disagree with your breakdown or even like, your kind of feelings on it, I do disagree with you saying that it's leaning too heavily, too heavily on the science side of science fiction. I think this leans into it about as much as any other typical Godzilla fare. It's not like we spent much time drilling into the science of this movie. Uh, definitely when you compare it to something like Godzilla 2000, where we really get a lot of extensive scenes while looking at cells. <laughs> I think it's uh, 
it's I think it's delivered about the same as any other monster that we've seen in terms of like actual science explanations and stuff. So my biggest problem really is that it's not that interesting. Godzilla taking I think Godzilla taking over Mecha Godzilla was really interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I think that was really cool. But my problem is and maybe this isn't a fair criticism. I'm not sure what you really think about this, but maybe I'm criticizing a movie the movie we got compared to the movie that I feel like we should have gotten. <laughs> but I think it would have been much more interesting to see Mecha G and Godzilla team up once that conversion happens in that early moment. Cause that conversion is mm. a really cool moment. Like you don't really see it coming. And then it, it's just really kind of dark and ominous when it does kind of happen, but it goes away. And instead we get this, what turns out to be this like semi rehash of Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla too. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that this is kind of a rehash of that movie, but I do think it's fun. My biggest problem with it though, is that there's no real stakes again. Uh, they kind of put some in there with our main protagonist, Akane, who I do like, but I think she's a little odd overall. Like <laughs> she does some really weird things. Who, who caps off a pep talk to a little child with my life is meaningless. I know. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah i know i know <laughs> i just like that she goes up there and struts up there like oh yeah i want to tell this kid what's what <laughs> i don't mean anything <laughs> no, life, my life is worthless just like mecha godzillas <laughs> so, no, it's so true <laughs> yeah so she's a little odd but i never really felt the destruction in this film at all like we did in Godzilla 2000 and in GMK. Mm-hmm. Again, it's almost feels like there's no stakes. Just kind of like how I felt about the uh, Godzilla versus Megagarius, where it just felt like nothing was having a profound impact on the actual people. You know? Yeah, I think you just pronounced Megagarius as Megagarius, but that's okay, Alex. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe that'll be a sequel film. I like that. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love your idea. I love your idea of the Mecha Godzilla Godzilla team up. Like that's amazing. Yeah, that yeah. would have been a great twist on this, right? this formula that we've seen before with these Mecha Godzilla films. Um, I, you know, I told you I'm down on this film overall, but let me praise it for a second. I'm a huge fan of the score. Um, you might remember Mashiru Oshima and her work on Mega Gears. I love her work here even more, especially in those quiet moments towards the beginning of the film where we see Akane reflecting on her mistakes. I thought the score actually made those scenes. Um, I'm also a fan of how this film initially opens. We get the storm in the small, smaller village uh, with the military response. It's different than anything we've actually seen before. Sure. We've seen storms before, but usually the, those storms are affecting vessels at sea. Right. This was something different. This was something ominous. Um, and it set this, this tone. And unfortunately, the second part of the introduction is where I think things start to unravel. 
this is where we're, we're introduced to multiple characters in succession, and we're given way too much exposition for my liking. As I said before, the pseudoscience of this film, which I think the film relies on more than you give it credit for, it, it doesn't serve much of a purpose. I, didn't, I don't need a big explanation to get the ins and outs of this movie and how Mechagodzilla works. You mentioned this film is 88 minutes. Personally, I think it could have been 65 minutes and we would have been just fine. Yeah, I mean, I think the movie does benefit from that short run time, 88 minutes. It feels like a pretty brisk, clean walk. I'm not, it's not, it really doesn't feel like it drags at all, at least for me. But I think what the movie really needed was a new plot. Uh, maybe even <laughs> more <laughs> <new> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it needed another step. But again, it goes back to what, like the movie I wanted kind of compared to what we got. It just, it's that rehash and it's, it kind of is, it's really kind of bothering me. And also the destruction. I mean, there's no punch to that destruction. We got, we got that opening moment that you, uh, mm-hmm. I think you briefly mentioned where, Akane accidentally kills some of her teammates. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty, like, kind of a brutal moment that really resonated with me. Yeah. And I actually think that that one aspect of the movie is used rather effectively through the film. Mm-hmm. It could have been done maybe a little bit better, but overall, I think it was done pretty well. There's definitely a clear through line throughout the whole thing. But the general descru- destruction of everything, it's just monsters blowing up empty buildings we hardly see anybody running away from anything yeah. uh and i'm beginning to be a big proponent of just <laughs> seeing people die <laughs> like <laughs> it's just the biggest way to give that extra oomph to the destruction especially mm-hmm. after uh godzilla 2000 and gmk i feel like it was kind of nice to see all that panic and people getting just completely annihilated, whether it was like kind of for laughs sometimes or whether it was kind of brutal mm-hmm. and maybe we're just sterilized by all by now, but I'm really noticing when people aren't around to die now. <laughs> yeah, no, no, honestly, I, I agree with you um, in general and not to keep pouring it on, you know, my criticism again, and there are aspects of this film. I like, We've got, I, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say? I was going to say, we've got good things to say. We just hadn't oh, gotten yeah. to it yet. <laughs> I don't think, in general, the monster action nor the climactic monster battle lives up to the hype. Um, for the majority of the monster battle, Godzilla and Mechagodzilla just bump into each other. Really. I mean, there seems to be a real simple solution here from the beginning of the battle. And it's the absolute zero cannon. Why the humans didn't just use it from the beginning? And why they even needed to make a Mechagodzilla to use it? I just don't understand. Speaking of which, you might disagree with me here. I don't like Mecha's design. That bright blue like jet uh, packs on the back, they just feel yeah. extra corny. And honestly, the CGI, when it was used, it stood out to me as poor on several occasions. Man, see, I think this is where maybe we diverge just a bit. But I, I'm actually a big fan of this Mechagodzilla design. I don't know if I'm really sold on the blue jetpacks or any of his blue weaponry, really. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it looks bad. I But I have gone back and I've been looking at this suit. Because you and me texted about this after we watched a movie that you didn't like it. The design. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking back at the 70s design in this one. And I re- I, I, I'm still a huge fan of the 70s design. But 
I really like this one, especially without the blue jetpacks once they get torn off in the middle of battle, which I think was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really a sleek looking suit, especially when you see how it goes up in hand to hand combat with Godzilla. Like this thing can really throw a punch mm-hmm. <laughs> like in a, in a pretty effective way. But why is it not just the absolute zero cannon? Well, I mean, you saw we keep missing. <laughs> <laughs> right well, <laughs> but there's a clear shot there's a clear shot like right at the beginning when they face off and they're just looking at each other like yeah but we know godzilla time. can dodge right we, we well, saw we saw him do that quick dodge yeah <laughs> once the quick godzilla is not a creature i would define except for godzilla 98 is not a creature i would define as quick so yeah well I th- well it's also you gotta remember it's kind of one of those things where once he started opening his chest, it doesn't look mm-hmm. like Mechagodzilla can move. Right. So if Godzilla just shimmies to the right or left when he's not like kind of on his back legs trying to like recover, he's in he's kind of a hard target, Eric. I'm just saying. It's just I don't why, know. why all these <laughs> unnecessary fireworks and missiles that we know aren't going to work. Yeah. Whenever we have the one weapon that we know is going to work. I just don't understand it. The mazers work a little bit, right? But I do like that moment when Mechaji first meets Godzilla and he dumps all these missiles into him and Godzilla just stands there taking it and has yeah. no reaction whatsoever. I think that that's a really cool moment. Like, he's like, really? How many millions <laughs> of dollars in real life would that have been? It's just... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think, it, it's. I think, I think it's a really cool moment, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we know the work. We know they don't work anymore, right? Yeah, I, and when we were talking about this before, Alex, you said I think you talking about me just don't like Mecha Godzilla films. And to me, that's just not true, right? Like, I like right. Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. I like Terror of Mecha Godzilla. It's in my top five, and I don't see it coming out of it. But uh, I think what it is is humans trying to utilize mecha godzilla <laughs> it it doesn't work like it's just right like you guys are idiots like <laughs> <laughs> well and it, and it does the same thing that happens kind of that we talked about back in the heisei era when they use mecha godzilla it's like they're bringing the fight to their own doorstep over and over and this and, the, yeah. and even the sarah the little girl mentions like mm-hmm. they're doing it to themselves why are you doing this <laughs> Like he wouldn't have attacked these times if you hadn't created this thing. Mm -hmm. And that is a little hair pulling, right? Like (laughs) this is not, you didn't have to use the bones of an old guy. (laughs) Well, what what did you think about the characters overall? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely, I think the high, I don't know about highlights, but they're, yeah, they're definitely the highlights of the film. I think, I think that the trio of characters, Mm -hmm. uh, Akane, Sarah, and I'm blanking on her dad's name. Um, oh yeah, Professor Yuhara are def- they definitely really make the film work better than the rest of it does. I think uh, they're especially the father daughter relationship. It's really interesting. And again, we I mentioned Akane's through line of the the disaster she kind of creates at the beginning of the movie that mm-hmm. really resonates with her throughout the film. I think that it's done really well, especially better than any revenge plot that we've seen really so far. Mm-hmm. But I did want to briefly mention that, yeah, that CGI was a little rough at times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you and your character? What do you think about the characters? Well, I agree with you. I think the strongest element of this film 
is the father-daughter relationship. It's interesting, though, because we've seen a father-daughter relationship recently, you know, in Godzilla 2000. It's it's funny. This is becoming kind of a recurring trope now in these films. But yeah. I think this relationship is one that's quite different. Um, we joked that the father-daughter roles were kind of reversed in 2000. But here we see a more tender and openly loving relationship between father and daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think it's their relationship that adds much needed sympathy to the story and much needed humor at times to a film that in general, I think takes itself too seriously. Um, I love that moment when Sarah critiques her dad's too strong approach of Akane and then, you know, how him and Akane, they're having that conversation at the table and she just rolls across in the background of the shot, <laughs> trying to eavesdrop on, on their conversation. Yeah. It's small moments like that. And then the small moment at the end, where um, the father just holds his daughter, you know, in silence. He yeah. doesn't need to say anything. He just holds her and embraces her. Um, I think it was an actually, that was one of the most powerful moments in the film. It's their relationship for me that raises this film up. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, 100% agree. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just Akane could not carry this movie. No, but I agree. But maybe we'll get into it. Are you ready for some? Monster, Monster Piece Theater. theater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you're unfamiliar with the segment, Monster Piece Theater is where Alex and I and sometimes guests perform a scene from any previous Godzilla movie that we've talked about before. Um, if you recognize the scene, send us an email at mvmpod at gmail.com. Send us a direct message on Twitter. Uh if you do one of those two things, you get the movie right. You're entered for a drawing. And this drawing, you can win a one-of-a-kind monster piece artwork from the one and only Theo Theometer oh, Neely. Yeah. Yep. Usually these are, are pretty um, masterful. Uh, you'll probably oh, hang yeah. these on your wall for sure. So They'll definitely be in a museum in like 25 years or so. <laughs> Um, All right, uh, Eric. I've read yes. the first sentence. I think I know what it is. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> that's, that's impressive. So we've actually got three characters here, Alex. Okay, um, okay. you are going to be uh, the second character. I'm going to be the first and the third character. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Cool. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's do this. And Wait, are we doing it? <laughs> okay, never mind. Go. You just go. Just go. <laughs> There are no rules. We just butchered the scene and you guess it. <laughs> you ready? And action. Although humanoids had died, one species managed to survive the disaster. We are that species. We then began building our own civilization using a new technology. Well, then, even though our planet had life, it wasn't enough for us to survive. The conditions here are favorable for our survival. Well, they're not very good, but... We can make it peaceful for us. Peaceful? Who's it going to be peaceful for? For our species, of course. Just what exactly is your species? A species capable of surviving the worst possible conditions. Activate the emergency generators. Yes, sir. Ah! Oh, wait. It's wrong. Sorry. Ready? <laughs> I hope I didn't throw anyone for 
scene. <laughs> we might have messed some people up there, but that's okay. That's what this segment is for. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> well, let's move fun. into let's move into our awards, Alex. Uh, first award. As always, the coolest character award, who you got? Yeah, I had to give mine to Akane. Uh, I think she is actually a really interesting character, despite some of these weirder moments that we <laughs> we kind of mentioned. Uh, but I think the intro moments were really enticing, especially when we compare it to some other origins that we've seen for characters. Uh, I think this one does actually delivers on some in some really interesting ways, especially the, the Kiryu team hat that when she joins the Kiryu team, everyone has these hats, but she never puts hers on because she doesn't feel like she deserves it, I guess. And she also, it seems like she just doesn't feel like she belongs. And, and several times throughout the film, she kind of mentions that she's a loner. And I thought then, she just wanted to showcase her hair, but yeah, but I mean, that's probably mostly it, but <laughs> cause she does have nice hair. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but there's that moment uh good way into the film after she saves one of her teammates that's just really hated her for a pretty decent reason actually and well i guess i'll go ahead and say why she <laughs> she accidentally kills the brother or one of the people she killed at the beginning of the film turns out to be one of her teammates brother and so he hates her but when she saves him they he still hates her, her. teammates <laughs> yeah 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 he still hates her but she's earned it earned her way in with the team and they throw her her hat showing that they've noticed that she has never really felt part of the team as well it's a kind of a nice moment i don't think i'm as high on akane as as you are here i know some people really love her um i don't know i i am not quite sold on her yet but my character she's very she's very possibly a sociopath so (laughs) (laughs) let's keep it real yeah uh (laughs) My coolest character is uh, Professor Tokumitsu Yohara, the father that we've already mentioned. Uh, As I mentioned, there's that great moment at the end where he just embraces his daughter. I love that moment. But I also just think there's another moment where, uh, you know, he's in the control room there and he's struggling to like come up with an answer. And we get this cool close up of his face and we just see him in that struggle. There's, there's real Mm -hmm. inner turmoil. He, he brings uh, a, a nuance to the character. Uh, Shin T- Takuma brings a nuance to that character that I think is really impressive. Um, he's one of he's one of the the best acted uh, characters in this film for sure. Uh, this isn't a can't believe that acting reward, Eric. This is I know, character. but but the acting <laughs> led itself to I the know. character. <laughs> Hey, what about your most memorable line award? So my most memorable line, it, it, it comes from Prime Minister Igarashi, who becomes Prime Minister in the film. But, you know, he's just been uh, confronted by uh, the Kiryu squad commander about, you know, reactivating Mechagodzilla for this battle. And he seems like he's not going to approve that. But then he starts walking away. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just this really cool scene where as he's walking away, he just says, he doesn't turn around. He doesn't do anything. He keeps walking. He just says, permission granted. It's the only chance we have left against Godzilla. I take full responsibility. 
and yeah. keeps walking. Well, then he turns it's around actually awesome. and salutes, but it's just really cool. Well, he I actually cool he scene. actually doesn't salute. He actually gets saluted too, but he never salutes. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. But it's a really cool scene in that um, the the music works really well. I think at that moment it, it can get a little bit over the top. I would say, but this is a moment where it works for sure. Yeah. What about you? What's your most memorable line? I've got Sarah, uh, okay. and she says, Kiryu has a life too. Why must it fight Godzilla when they should be friends? <laughs> and I say, you're absolutely right. Why didn't they team up and destroy Tokyo together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> but see, like, I like that line. I do. Right. Yeah, it's a but good it's one. nothing. Yeah, but but the theme, and that's kind of like part partly the theme of this movie. You know, um, you know, every life matters, which it's just it doesn't feel like a very unique theme to me. But well, it doesn't feel like life is. It doesn't feel like they're fighting for life. It's kind of like I said, they're destroying yeah. these empty cities. We're not seeing them trying everything they can to save every person they can, right? right. That could have been a lot more interesting and fun to see, but we don't right. see that. What about your Can't Believe That Acting Award? Uh, mine is actually the be- very beginning of the film during the, I believe it's a tsunami, and it is exactly what reporters look like when they're doing a story in weather that it's like way in over their heads, like they're at the hurricane or something like that. And they're just trying to keep their composure while talking to the camera. And it's pretty humorous, but there's this one little moment in it where one of the assistants wipes the camera with the smallest napkin I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's like parental downpour. And it's like this really good comedic beat, but nice. that reporter yeah. really sold me on it. No, that, that's a good choice. What's funny is my choice is also reporters. <laughs> it's, it's the reporter's reaction to the absolute zero cannon when it's showcased. It's just they're in this room and they're showing this video of the absolute zero cannon. And the entire room just burst out in over-the-top reactions. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe that. <laughs> yeah, oh they were gosh. all amazed. <laughs> They're just like, they've never seen anything like this before. I find that a little bit hard to believe when you live in a universe that a Godzilla inherit, inherits, right? <laughs> like, right. this is, this can't be that unbelievable for you, you know? Well, the thing is, it wasn't even the absolute zero canon they were all flabbergasted about. They were more flabbergasted about how Mecha Godzilla was able to bow afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> True. True. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, what about your uh, standout effect award? Uh, so my standout effect and my oh, that's a good shot award, they kind of go hand in hand. But my standout effect award is when Mechagodzilla walks straight through the building. Mm, yeah, I don't think this is super realistic. I think the building would collapse, just to be clear. Uh, Eric, I- it doesn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> the miniature doesn't for sure but i've always wanted to kind of see what would happen if it, we just don't see that we don't see a kaiju monster just walk directly into a building and through a building right. uh so i thought that was it was pretty cool how it just walked straight through and left the empty hall where its body was that was pretty neat what about you yeah yeah, I actually, I made Cece watch that shot because remember in our episode, she complained about the hole in the middle of the building and how it didn't fall down. I was like, look, Cece, 
And she's like, well, it took out the bottom too. I'm like, you don't think the, that'd be mean more support if the bottom stayed intact? And she's like, this is stupid. <laughs> but my, uh, my effect is actually when Kiryu flies in the battle with Godzilla, it's actually a pretty good looking mm-hmm. effect, at yeah. least initially. Now, the more we, <laughs> the more they use it in the actual like toe to toe battle, the worse it kind of looks. Mm-hmm. But the initial blast off actually looks pretty good. I like no, I like the fact that the what are those those planes? Uh, they have a specific name that was mentioned oh, do. in the film. I can't think of them right now, but. Uh, I, th- I like those planes design and I also like how they carry Mecha Godzilla into action. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Like it's just an interesting effect and an interesting way to kind of move Godzilla around. It shows or Mecha Godzilla around. It shows Mecha Godzilla's limits for sure. So I, I like that too. Yeah. Um, what about your, Oh, that's a good shot award. Yeah. So there was this moment where Godzilla knocks all of these normal planes out of the air with his atomic breath. And, and then the shot cuts to him walking, he's just like strutting his stuff, walking towards the camera with fire burning behind him. And this like flaming plane just goes across the screen right in front of his face. And it's just, it's awesome. (laughs) It's pretty badass. (laughs) No, that that's a great shot. You know, that, that, that I thought about that one for sure. Um, but as I said, mine's connected to my standout effect. So right after Mechagodzilla literally walks through a building, leaving a Mechagodzilla sized hole, there's this great (laughs) close up of Mechagodzilla's face as you guessed it, Alex, the sun is setting and (laughs) and you can see the debris of the building blow off of his face it's really cool it's just this little detail that i really loved i actually i, I complained about the design overall of mechagodzilla but i do like the face yeah. of mechagodzilla i think it and i like the the red it almost looks like a teardrop coming down his eye i like that r- r- little red line uh it's pretty cool and that was that was yeah. a cool close-up i like that that shot a lot wow yeah <laughs> I, I just I, I just got you all into your feelings there, didn't I, Alex? Oh man, I'm I'm moved. I am just absolutely you will, moved. You will never look at Mechagodzilla the same. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let's yeah, let's did, get into. Like oh, our rating and ranking. Yeah, let's get into. It. I, I'll start, and maybe you can and build it up for me, or or, or maybe not. All right. Okay. So I think part of this is because I'm watching this directly after GMK and I was high on GMK, right? I loved it last week, but I can't help but feel a bit of a letdown with this film where GMK, it leaned into that fantasy aspect. Godzilla against Mechagodzilla relies heavily on science fiction elements with an extra helping of the science that in my opinion feels unnecessary, unrealistic, and doesn't fit with the tone of Godzilla films. As for the characters, the Uhara family, as that father-daughter combo, dealing with grief together and leaning on one another, really works. Uh, They bring both the comedy and the sympathy to an otherwise self-serious film. Yeah. Akane Yashiro. Though I admire the attempt to create a strong leading heroine here, to me she feels unbalanced and ultimately mishandled, shifting from this cold and cool character to helpless and nihilistic back to 
cold <laughs> and cool <laughs> from scene to scene. Um, and, and then lastly, we, we've got the monster action. To me, it doesn't live up to the prior films as the majority of the battle is just those two monsters playing pinball with each other or shooting at each other when Mechagodzilla's only real chance is the absolute zero cannon. So, and, and, and I will say, overall, the, the, the message of the film, I don't think added anything new or, or refreshing to what yeah. we've seen before. Um, so, I, so I rate this one three out of five. Which actually might sound generous considering my complaints here, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. But there are aspects of the film that I admire. I, I, I do like that father-daughter relationship. I think kind of what they're dealing with and what they're going through elevates this film. And mm-hmm. I think, honestly, their relationship with Akane, how they both have this kind of unique relationship with her, is unique. Um, it's mainly the the plot and the monster elements that have me a little bit down. Um I see why others like it. It's just, it's just not my favorite. And so currently it's three out of five, but it's rated behind mega Gears. <laughs> so I know that's not, that's not the popular opinion, yeah. but I'm okay with it. <laughs> Interesting. So I think this film actually suffers from, I actually agree with a lot of what you said. And I, I think it suffers from some similar problems as mega Gears. for me, at least in terms of, how I don't feel like there's any impact of what's happening on the ground compared to what's happening in the rest of the world. You know, there's the consequences are very lacking. There's a few more in this one because of Akane's actions at the beginning of the film, which I thought it was interesting that her training montage after what happens is all about physicality. And she never has to worry about par- like we should have had a training montage where she parallel parks. Mm. That way she doesn't knock anyone else off a cliff. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> but the destruction just feels so weightless and kind of uninteresting and i think there was an interesting direction the film could have easily taken but it just felt like it wanted to play it safe and it did have parts that lifted it up though again our trio of main characters i think are well done now akane again she's odd and you're right that it, sometimes it, it does feel like they don't know which way they want to go with her. But overall, I did enjoy her presence, at least. I, and mm-hmm. I also enjoyed the final battle between Godzilla and Mechagodzilla. I think it's yeah. actually a lot of fun with some moments of bad effects that weren't really necessary, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, but mm-hmm. that's similar to Mechagiris. It's bad effects that didn't really seem like they had to be bad effects. Like that one moment in particular is that weird leap that she does over Godzilla to show him what she can do in the, Mm. (laughs) it's just, it's just weird and it doesn't make any sense. And while the film as a whole has a lot of potential, I feels like it's a pretty big missed opportunity. Mm. It needed to either be wilder or Mm -hmm. more realistic. Exactly. Either direction I think would have really benefited the film, but I did have enough fun for this to be a three out of five with me, which like you said, is probably higher than I've <laughs> talked about it. Right. <laughs> but the good thing is it's fun. It never drags. And while it does feel like a remake in several ways, I think it's a solid, but average Godzilla film. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, that's funny. We, I think we've pretty much trashed this film now. <laughs> and giving it a three out of five i feel kind of bad about it but i will say a couple (laughs) things regarding your last thoughts there i i really like the physical 
and the physicality aspect of Akane. I think that's the part that actually works really, really well. And she's she's dealing with grief as well through that phys- physicality. And, and I like that a lot. She, she can't help but be active and want to be uh, a part of a team. Um, and she struggles with that. So I like that aspect of her character. It's just the out of nowhere, like... <laughs> questioning 10 year old kids that that throws me for a loop but the other thing just just regarding like mecha godzilla think about the scene in terror of mecha godzilla where we go into mecha godzilla and we go into like um the control room of mecha godzilla and we see mecha godzilla's entire body there you know in that like Mm -hmm. storage shaft that looks so much better than the cgi you know, storage of Mecha Godzilla in this film, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just looks good. Like, it looks like more real. So, this is one of those times when CGI hurts a film versus like a real effect, you know, and a yeah. real prop. So, um, yeah. Yeah. 100% but agree. What are, what are we looking at next week, Alex? Yeah. Next week is Godzilla Tokyo SOS. And nice. I do have a rhyme for you, Eric. Nice. You actually prepared one this time. I did. Now I am looking, and it looks like I deleted it after we talked about it. Son of a gun. So, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I did this. Um. All right. So, Godzilla Tokyo SOS does Mechagodzilla... Win or make a mess. I, I don't know. I am so sad that I actually hit the back button and lost my thing. That is pretty bad, but I do use part of your rhyme there. Mine is, <laughs> does Tokyo SOS leave us with a total mess or does it make you feeling hashtag blessed? See, I had, I, I, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh man see i uh i had four rhymes in my other one and i can't remember the other two lines but oh yeah okay yeah okay yeah sure sure sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. oh. all right dude so anyway <laughs> next week tune in uh we'll be talking about tokyo sos as always you can follow us on twitter at mvm underscore pod uh, on letterbox alex cornett and eric neely you can email us mvmpod at gmail.com and i think this film is on any streaming platform to rent is that right alex yeah yeah it's real easy to find cool until next week then Try to to stay stay alive. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. I forgot to tell you. My my perfect shot, or that oh, that's a good shot. <clears throat> There's a moment where uh, after Kiryu or Mechagodzilla stabs Godzilla with a knife that comes out of their arm, which is a pretty cool moment. Godzilla rips the knife out of his arm, uh-huh. and it looks like he's about to start shanking somebody. <laughs> he's just holding the knife. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. 
It's but so good. It looks like he's about to go stab somebody in prison. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that was good. Honestly, that was the best part of the fight. Is that electric <laughs> knife that came out? That uh, was cool because it was a nice surprise. That was it was the only real like surprise. Like Mega Gearus had dynamics to their fight. It was over the top, but but it was fun. It was fun. <laughs> Here, it just it really it, there wasn't much to it. It's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. I haven't left my house in weeks. Everyone is being so socially distant right now. I think I'm going mad. I think I'm going crazy. I think I might have cabin fever. Never fear, kaiju groupie. Your favorite podcasters are here. You don't have to face these trying times alone. We're inviting you and fellow kaiju fans to Kaiju Quarantine. A mega monster movie marathon. Featuring informative and riftastic commentary. From the crews of your favorite giant monster podcasts, Kaiju Weekly, The Monster Island Film Vault, Kaiju Conversation, Gargantucast, Monsters vs. Men, Tokyo Lives, and Kaiju Transmissions. We'll watch Kaiju classics old and new like Godzilla vs. Gigan and Raigo, King of the Sea Monsters. So join us on our Discord server April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time for the epic event of the spring. If it keeps the Kelax from destroying us all, I'm not missing it. Let's do this. Once again, that's April 4th and 5th at 2 p.m. Central. Kaiju Quarantine. Come together right now over kaiju